Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And this is the Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 14, Riker and His Dad. The Icarus Factor. Jean-Luc Jordy specs mysteries on the holodecks. Asteroids, triple droids, telepathic betazoids. Transport a deadly claw, visitor from L.A. law. Photons, no Kirk, captain has gone berserk. Shuttlecraft, Council Troy, Dr. Crush's little boy. Klingon rights, parasites, new heights, phaser fights. Data's head, Tasha's dead, Wyke is hanging by a thread. Celebration, transformations, everyone to battle stations. Start the series. And to uh, join us for this heartwarming tale is uh, our our master of uh, of all heartwarming tales because we've had him on for uh, for lots of episodes, including one where someone's head explodes. Uh, other Jason Jason Navarro is joining us. Hello, sir. Thanks for having me. And Jason uh, Prime, as I will call you, <laughs> Jason Prime <laughs> from here on out. Um, so this episode is coming right off of the, the the tale of an episode where Riker just got done talking about his dad over crappy omelets. Oh man, I, I mean, do we really have to bring up that omelet scene? It's horrible. <laughs> hey man, those are space omelets. That sounds awesome, even if the eggs are even if they turn out to be source. bad scrambled eggs. And Worf hey, thought Worf they were, were delicious, exactly. And Worf features in this episode, weirdly. Maybe um, that was why Worf was sad in this episode. <laughs> he, he was in a real bad case of food poisoning from those terrible omelets. Yeah, yep. So Icarus Factor is um, an episode that is primarily about Riker and his dad. Um, but there is that pretty nice Worf B-plot. Yeah, it's a lot about Worf, too. Yeah. And um, but I, I would like to start this discussion before we get into the nitty gritty, the good, the bad, the ugly, the nitpicks. Um, Jason, I would like to ask you, since you're the only person here who had any semblance of a choice, uh, why the Icarus Factor? Um, be- because of those ridiculous outfits they wear <laughs> when they fight and ambujitsu. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean the was- like space dirt bike. Japanese American Gladiator <laughs> thing they got going. I love they're, it. They're catchers' uniforms, right? They're just baseball catchers' uniforms with at, paint at on best. them. Yes. At be- but you, did you, have you guys? So I googled uh, Ambujitsu, and one one of the results that comes up is a guy who cosplayed in one of those, <laughs> and he made his own outfit, and it looks like exactly the same. It like would it's, not it's no be different. hard, right? It would <laughs> no, not it be really easy. like I have not cosplayed before, but if I was going to. That would be a trip to a sporting goods store and then a trip to a spray paint store. And yep. that's the it. spray paint store. I'm yep. there. That, that's a place. Yep. <laughs> I think it's a, I think here it's called Lowe's, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I'd like to announce our first sponsor for the podcast. No, no, not at all. Not at, uh, um yeah. Wait, can we just start doing fake sponsors and then eventually they'll come? Like that that's a good idea. That's right? how it works, I think. That's like, we're gonna start do, getting like, the send me send me spray paint Lowe's. There we go. <laughs> how about me undies uh, in space. They probably wear underwear. I think. I don't know. Well, we can Harry, talk about Harry's some razors. undies here in a second because uh, when we get to Kyle Riker's space jammies, that that will be appropriate. But um, oh yeah, yeah. But oh, Anbo yeah. Jitsu, um, 
yeah, they that's sort of the the epic, I guess, finale to this episode, uh, <laughs> where Riker and his old man really hash things out over the most extreme form of martial arts. I I would like to before we get into you know actual relevant plot pieces of this episode, since Jason, you did make the comparison to American Gladiators. If we were to assign Commander Riker and Riker's dad, Kyle, American Gladiator names, what would they be? Uh, I mean, Riker is Ice, because that's a cool freaking name. Ice, okay. Ice was one of them, I think. Yeah. I might be wrong. Yeah. We'll go (laughs) with it. I was six when that was on. (laughs) We'll, we'll, We'll go with it. I mean, it doesn't have to be an established American Gladiator name. It just has to sound like it. I'm pretty sure that was a real one. Or wait, you know what? That might have just been the bounty hunter from Arrested Development. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, definitely. That was definitely okay, ice. We're gonna we're gonna still stick with ice though for Riker and. Uh, it's still a cool name. And, He's got those pale blues. And, he should be ice. Yeah, Kyle Riker would be. Laser. Laser. Yeah. yeah laser. Accurate. Yep. Ice versus. Nailed it. Laser. Okay. So um, when Laser beams aboard, um, Ice is very surprised to see him um, because this is supposed to be... Is this like a... a what's happening in this episode that brings him there? I don't even remember. Is can, this- can, I, can, I, can I pitch something? <laughs> can, we talk about the, can we talk about the Worf stuff for like... I bet we could wrap the Worf stuff in five, ten minutes and then come back to all this stuff that is going to take us a lot longer. Sure. Okay, well, so the Worf stuff should be the A-plot, right? Yes. Frankly, right? The Worf stuff. (laughs) It's way more interesting. (laughs) It starts out weird. Wesley's like, hey, let me talk to you a whole bunch. Worf's like, get out of here. And then he goes and tells other people, and they're like, why don't you solve it? And then everybody just kind of gets wrapped up in it. And it starts really hokey, but it ends really heartfelt. Um, And at the end, it kind of feels good, right? Yes. Yeah. It actually, like, um, I think I was sold on the Worf plot and and thinking this would have made the better episode at the point when uh, Data is so sure that he can just strike up a casual conversation with Worf. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And Worf's delivery of the, with all due respect, sir, be gone. Uh, I, I was sold like that. This episode, it's got some nice uh, upbeat kind of comedic moments. It's got some real feeling to it. And at the end of it, it is Worf making a legitimate connection with uh, with basically his, his compadres there. I mean, it, it he really does feel more a part of the family and closer together. And all this crap with Riker just happening on the side. Yep. I, I just well, it, it can't get done fast enough. And then the, the, the arc of, of Worf, right, is that, that he has this, uh, what was it, the right of ascension um, yes. that he had done, what, about a, a 10 years ago? And this is the 10-year anniversary of this, yeah. um, which you would normally celebrate with other Klingons, but there aren't other Klingons there. Um, so he's kind of down and uh, kind of aggravated and is, is not really interacting with anybody. And Wes, <laughs> Wes takes up the case, tries to solve a mystery. Um, which, which oddly, Data doesn't want to solve, even though it, it, that felt weird at first. He was like, Wes, this is your problem. It's like, man, this is a Sherlock Holmes, Holmes mystery. Um, but then they figure it out, and they create a holodeck simulation. And then some Klingons beat up Worf. And Pulaski's there for some reason. <laughs> well, that, that's it. We, we just discussed I, the Icarus factor. Thanks yeah, yeah. for joining I, us. So that's, the Worf, that's why I said we could wrap up this Worf side quick. I also do love the fact, though, that Troy brings Worf to the holodeck, and he's like, aren't you going to come in? Like, this is a thing for all my friends. And she's like, no. 
<laughs> Bye. Yeah, that, that that was a real subtle, just like, I, no, th- th- this is yeah, I, she I, this is not a there. thing I need to see. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very weird though that like all your friends are waiting inside. He's like, "Oh, aren't you joining?" <laughs> but you know, she Pulaski's could... got to be there. Like she's she's been in some cockfights before. She wants to see <laughs> a Klingon in some pain because she's just a mean old lady who likes to see things in pain. And are you are you implying <laughs> that this for Catherine Pulaski is her equivalent of a twenty fourth century <laughs> snuff film? Yeah. Like, uh... listen. <laughs> I, I have a lot of theories on what was going on here. Uh-huh. There wasn't. And it relates directly to a callback of an ancient book that they talk about off screen. You don't see it. It's implied, though. Uh, it's Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> oh, dear. You know that that holodeck We're so room... topical. We're so topical making these Fifty Shades of Grey references. <laughs> these what, American what? gladiators references. Hey, man, references. I talk about Shakespeare all the time. Shakespeare's way older than Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, there's a, a statute of limitations. And B, you know that Worf is just a good, good sub boy. He just wants that pain. <laughs> oh, dear. And Wesley's like, come into my game room. And he made it happen. That's uh, about all the time we've got for this week. <laughs> I, uh, whew. Yeah, it's um, in case you were wondering if you stumbled upon the wrong podcast section of your favorite <laughs> iTunes or podcatcher. Uh, no, this is a Star Trek The Next Generation podcast. Um yeah, it it. I, I mean, really, like everything that happens then, with Worf is 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 more interesting. Really, it is. It is much more heartfelt at the end, though, when they have cake. I, I like the end. The, the wrap. <laughs> they have they some have cake, cake, and that closes the arc. <laughs> Delicious. It was shocking. I mean, it was holodeck cake, so I mean, it was good, but they weren't eating it. Wasn't but, filling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, that was a good close to it. I thought it was a good close. Let's go back to Riker. Yeah. So let's go back to Riker. So um, Riker is. I I thought this was the first time he had been offered a command. Apparently, he was also offered command of the USS Drake in season one that they reference. Uh, it didn't happen on screen, I guess. But this is the first time we see him wrestle with the decision of, do I stay here uh, on the Enterprise or do I you know, take that next leap? Um, and I, I feel like that stuff could have been interesting too. But this, this just stuff with Kyle Riker with his dad... I know what they were going for, but I I just had a hard time with it. I I wasn't super convinced by it, I guess. It kind of feels like two episodes crushed together again, right? We we had a lot of those in second season where each of those separately could probably have been substantially better, right? Because if Riker's dad just showed up and they just had an episode that was about that, um, that would probably be pretty good. And if they just had an episode where he was debating taking a command, and that was maybe even the B story, right? We've got a lot of stuff here that, that like, the Worf stuff is an A story. Um, that could hold up on its own. But to combine them, now you've got a lot of competing things going on. Yeah. Right? Do you, so do you guys get the impression that Kyle Riker was there to, to, to bury the hatchet? Is that what he, was, he thought he was doing there? Yeah, I sure. I don't know. I mean, I just, <laughs> I wrote this down in my notes. The reason that I asked this question is, I'm pretty sure that every encounter with Riker and his dad essentially goes <laughs> kind of like this. Uh, the dad says, hey, look, uh, I'm sorry, I guess. And then Riker's like, you suck, dad. And then his dad's like, well, you're an asshole and a whiner. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's, yeah. I mean, you can put different words in there, but that's like every scene they have together. Like literally, no, that, that nails it. 
<laughs> so I, I, <laughs> I mean, that's it for this week. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> Play the end music. <laughs> I, I just so like for a guy who's there with the like this guy conceivably has taken a a, a non insignificant trip <laughs> across the galaxy. Well, and that's the other question. Like, they're doing a lot of. I mean, it's it's the adage, show don't tell, right? They're doing a lot of telling. This guy shows up and they're like, oh, Kyle Riker. It's like, is this guy supposed to be important? Like, I don't understand why. And then they keep referencing, like, oh, he did that thing back then. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, sure, okay, I guess I trust you, but... I he's forget, not, what was his thing, though? Like, was he's he a ne- like a diplomat? Okay. Right? Kind of. He's a space I, senator? He Is that a thing? He, yeah. I think he's a senator from Naboo. That <laughs> yeah, that's sounds. totally it. Wait, so he's a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Some watch out. The Darth Sidious? It's a trap. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, he... I think the closest they come to actually saying, like, what he is is consultant or something. But I'm like, a guy who's just a consultant is not going to be schmoozing with literally everyone in the bar of a galaxy-class starship. And he he, also... He he just runs into people. Riker nails it. Riker nails it at some point that, like, he brings the the, uh, dossier of what he's going to be doing. He's like, well, it's all in here. And it's like, so wait, you're just a courier? Like, (laughs) why, why couldn't this just be uploaded? Like, do you know what FTP is? Yeah. Well, and that's why I think they were trying to lean pretty heavily on the idea that this was just a ruse for him to get here, basically. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that Kyle Riker was like, no, I to- they co- totally could have just given you this. But, like, I got myself attached to this so we can bury the hatchet. But it's like, if that's the case, if that's why you're here, I don't understand why, like... <laughs> I'm going through this in my mind, and I'm like, you're a dad, and you think you were kind of a deadbeat. Uh, so you're like, you know what? In 15 years, right? It's 15 years. Yeah. So okay, I'm gonna go across the galaxy to to just to to make amends to just you know I've got I've got my hand out, son, is what he says to him at one point. I mean, isn't he going to know that the first reaction is gonna be like you're a dick and I hate you? Like, and for the then him to immediately just be like, yeah, well, you suck too. It's like, that's yeah. not, you're really bad at this. Like, the if you were part. <laughs> The weird part is that Picard seems complicit, right? Am, am I wrong in that? That at the very at, beginning... At best, he's complicit. <laughs> at the, well, yeah, yeah boy. At, at the very beginning, they're looking at the reactor or something, and they're like, this seems totally negligible, and I could fix it by, like, flipping the switch. Picard's like, well, maybe we should go to this station. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, I have some command orders or something. And Riker's like, what are they? And he's like, mm, I'm not going to tell you. And then when Kyle gets there, he's like, I told Picard not to tell you or something. And it's like, well, did Picard divert the Enterprise to this station for this plan that you have laid out? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. It, does Picard have some some um, connection to Kyle Riker that would cause him to go against his second in command? Right? Well, like, I mean, I guess, like, I took that as, like, on its face, that's not a... He, you know, I, I have to assume that Picard doesn't know the particulars of sure, the relationship sure. between Riker and his old man, right? So all he knows is he gets a communique from Riker's dad, and, you know, who knows what it says. But basically it's like, hey... It's Riker's birthday. I got him a cake. Want to bring him <laughs> to this place, and we'll have a surprise party. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> he gets a free ice cream sundae, and they blow a horn, and everybody yeah. comes out we and got sings. This, we got this coupon from Red have... Robin. He gets a free burger, <laughs> but he's got to come to the space station during the month of his birthday. <laughs> I mean, do they have Fudgy the Whale at the space station? We don't know that. Like, it could be awesome there. 
I mean, they had the space omelet. Like, why can't they have a space cake? Uh, <laughs> anything they could do to wash down the terrible taste of that space omelet. I mean, they're going to need a fudgy <laughs> oh, the whale at least. Um, also, were they drinking beer and an omelet at the same time? Did I was that right in that episode? Like, really? is that their breakfast in the future? Yeah, so they brought an ale. I mean, I don't remember. Pulaski I mean, brought an like a uh, some kind of alcoholic drink to this breakfast and that tells you all you need to know about Pulaski. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was not a breakfast it was a dinner party jason <laughs> who eats scrambled eggs for dinner they've already established this party. at the it last episode <laughs> <laughs> that everyone apparently eats eggs for dinner it's what they cooked for dinner in the last episode this is uh this is bizarre the, the, world the future has gone terribly wrong yes <laughs> Yeah, and you can tell by their martial arts, but also the eggs. I mean, dead giveaway. That's the ultimate evolution of martial arts. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you gotta you gotta get some eggs before you fight, right? Oh. It's like Rocky. So, aside from basically what I've laid out between Riker and his dad, which is essentially every encounter they have, just repeatedly, the only other things that I can think of in this episode that are remarkable are um, <laughs> Chief O'Brien probably has the best lines in this episode he has some decent ones yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) because in 10 forward in particular the uh you know the first meeting that we see of kyle Riker and dr pulaski (laughs) uh (laughs) commander Riker is also there watching this and he says oh they know each other and (laughs) just deadpan (laughs) no kidding and then uh and then uh, (laughs) the the line that he has afterwards is so good because he says i know her too and we don't do that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Brian's got some good lines. Oh, man. That's, again, I, I'm, I'm just pulling the stuff that I can remember because well, other so than... The big, the big components of this, right? There, there's the Riker-Riker part. Yeah. And then there's the Pulaski... I guess I have to distinguish between them. There's the Pulaski-Kyle stuff. There's the Kyle-Troy stuff. And then there's the Will-Troy stuff. Right, right. I kind of forgot about the, the Kyle Troy stuff. You're right. Yeah. That is a weird one. She right? gave him a good what for. That was a good one. I like. Yeah, it's it's a weird scene, right? There's some there's some flubs in it. Like it, it's one of those weird ones where they were talking. Plasky and Kyle Riker are talking, and then she's like, "Oh, and also Troy is here." And the camera just pans out, and she's standing next to them, unmoving. Like was she there the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> like then, the characters may have just like turned and gone, "Whoa, yeah, yeah like, whoa, were you there?" And then he's like, "Oh, you're a Betazoid," and it's like, mm, "Not sure how you would have guessed that, but sure." Um, and then they have a good conversation, but it's a yeah. weird start to it. Well, I would like to point out that uh, I try to quote Troy whenever possible. Um, and mm-hmm. in this yep, case, yes, let's have some. Uh, in this case, Troy uh, turns to Kyle at some point uh, when they're talking about respect, and she just very coolly responds with, "Respect is earned, not bestowed." Um, to sort what of is that accent put him in his place. That's I don't know what her accent is. Like it's I mean, weird. Prince has a cold. Yeah, I also have a cold. Yeah, it's that's okay. Also that. Um, but like, yeah, they kind of. She basically tells him to stop being a jerk, um, yeah, and then it's kind of kind sad of a jerk that he's to her. Well, yeah, I mean, he's kind of a jerk to everybody who doesn't walk up to him and say Kyle <laughs> and give, yeah. him a, give him a handshake or a hug. Um, well, you would give him a handshake in a cold minute, as Pulaski would say, <laughs> yeah. and you would love it. He's you know, very... it'd be a firm handshake, and then he would like step over you to sit in a chair because he's a Riker. Yeah, obviously, mm-hmm. he would maneuver point. you. 
<laughs> it's a it's an interesting point that he's very similar to Plasky in that going back to unnatural selection, where like the doctor that showed up was like, "Oh, are you Pulaski, that one that wrote that paper a long time ago?" And she's like, mm, "Yes, I'm going to be friends with you now." That <laughs> like it's it's very clear what their motivations are when they interact with people, um, and Pulaski has not really gotten better from it. Um, and I'm not sure I mean, she's great here, right? She has some good parts here, but she also kind of comes off as a jerk in a lot of scenes. Is that, I mean, are you guys yeah, getting the same feel? I, or? I don't know. In this one, I didn't mind Pulaski. I thought, I thought Pulaski was okay here. How dare you? How about um, Trey's how, line? How dare you? Dr. Pulaski, her greatest skill is her empathy. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Said no, no one ever. ever. Yeah. I, I stand by my cockfighting comment earlier. She's a mean old lady, and listen, she fa- Riker's dad is the one person in the universe that seems to like her. Nobody on the ship likes her. Yes, she tried to she tried to get up on Data and get him turning parts. Like everything's bad about her. She's a bad character. It's been like her. pretty fair. It's pretty fair. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, let's see what else. The 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 other thing that I would like to point out, going back to uh, Kyle Riker. So they have this exchange in Pulaski's office, which I'm going to stop calling it Pulaski's office. I'm just going to call it Doctor Pulaski in Beverly Crusher's office. Ooh, um, ooh. Yeah, take that. Divisive. Take that. Um, then he apparently tries one more time to go back and talk to uh, his son. You know, so Commander Will Riker in his uh, in his quarters, thinking about uh, you know his his mission. He has that conversation with Picard, where I would just like to point out Picard is super geeked out about the guy who will be his first officer like Riker's oh, first yeah, officer I have a note about that and yeah. you you what do you think about that what do you think about that interchange so <clears throat> what the hell does it matter if a guy is a master linguist in a world where the universal translator exists yep Yep. Also, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> also, he, he can learn guy... real fast, but you don't need to. Yeah. He says like he instantly like comprehends and uh, he uses another word. But like if you hear someone talking, you just immediately knows the language. It's like mm, that feels like a perk I might get in like D and D at level eighteen or something. But that's not something that any race in this universe has. Right, and that's and such also, like a, like if that's he, such if like an American. That? Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. that's how you learn languages, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I just sit in a room and you just listen to the sounds and figure that. it out, yeah. But like, if, if he had that sort of skill, why does he only know 40 languages? Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, 40 is way, way low on that. If all he has to do is sit in a room for a few minutes and listen to somebody here, like, there's more than 40 languages on Earth. And he's saying, like, he knows some weird ones. Romulan? <laughs> like, and the <laughs> rest? Some exotic languages. Like five <laughs> languages. He did name a weird one, but I don't remember. Yeah, it was, it was like... like e- Egan or Egant or something. It sounded I like it was... So, uh, so I'm pretty sure, by the way, in my head, when he's talking about the Commander Flaherty. Flaherty is, uh, is how he says it, apparently. Um, when they're talking about his linguistic abilities and his ability to instantly adapt and understand, and blah, blah, blah. Gungan, um, the one he the, the one he says next is Gungan. I need to finish that joke, but Gungan, I couldn't remember Gungan. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's Gungan, Da-dum-dum. definitely Gungan. There, um, <laughs> the, thank you for not doing an impression of of a Gungan. There's the um, God, thank you. There's a there's a stand up skit. Uh, well, not a stand up skit. There's a there's a, a skit that's uh, by 
uh, comedic actress in Britain. She actually played uh, one of the Doctor's companions. Um, I'm trying to remember uh, what her name is. Uh, it's escaping me. Um, <clears throat> but she has, uh, there's the scene where she sits down and, and uh, she's supposed to be a translator for a corporation. Um, and the boss comes in and says, well, I understand by, by your resume that you understand, uh, you know, uh, over a dozen languages. So we've asked you to serve as an interpreter at these, these talks for this, this contract. And she just goes into every stereotypical, like, I like, like I've seen that. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's Flaherty, right? Where he's just like, oh no, I totally get it. Like anytime I listen to a language, I'm just like, ho, 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 you know, and it's like, what language is he? Oh, it's very impressive. Oh yes. It's like, he's not, he's just making a bunch of sounds. Like, I feel like that. He's literally Jerry Lewis. He's, he's space Jerry Lewis. He's space <laughs> Jerry just... Lewis, breakfast at Tiffany's and whatever mission that guy's going to be on out at the edge of the universe, that ship's going to get blown up. Like, like they're just going to get attacked because the aliens are going to be like, F you, and they're going to fire everything. Uh, it's going to be a major diplomatic incident, I think, is, is what I'm getting at. But uh, Yeah, it was a weird comment to drop in there. Like, why is that important? I was wondering if it would come back up, and it's like, you could say so many other things about a person, right, as a first officer. And if, if it's just that, like, oh, he learns languages quick. Right. But you have a computer for that, so whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Kyle, Kyle walks in uh, while they're uh, while they're talking about Riker's uh, Commander Riker's potential first officer, and uh, says, you know, hey, can I have a minute with my son? And they have another one of those interchanges, which, by the way, for yeah. those of you keeping score, is Kyle Riker. Hey, look, I'm sorry. I guess Commander Riker, you suck, Dad. And then Kyle Riker, well, you're an asshole and a whiner. And then he walks out. Yeah, Which I mean, is... again, I think that's pretty much the episode. <laughs> I think that's it for this week, folks. That's his exact <laughs> quote at the end. Nuggets. His exact quote at the end of this interchange is, <clears throat> "Oh, spare me the pain of your childhood. I hung in there for thirteen years. If that wasn't enough, it's just so, too bad." How old is Riker? That's a question. Like, because <laughs> the math doesn't seem to add up in this episode. Because sometimes. Riker says, like, you left... Or, boy, he says I hung in 13 years, and then Riker said that I was alone after I was 15, and then somebody says it's been 15 years, but... Well, okay, so his mom... I think what he's referencing is his mom passed away when he was very young. Oh, when he, okay, so when he was two. Okay, that yeah. would match there. Yep. Perfect, yep. okay. Um, because that's that seems to be the central, like... Uh, schism in their, in their relationship, right? Is, you know... You know, so the Riker. argument he's making there is basically, well, when you were two and I and uh, you were a baby, at that point I thought about just leaving you somewhere, but I I figured I'd give it thirteen years. Right, That's exactly. The argument he's making. Yes, All right. Give in, it the old college try. In his mind, <laughs> him not. That's how fatherhood works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you can just get in there, and take some cuts, and then whatever. If it doesn't work out, you just flake out and leave. Yeah, totally. I took you fishing. We took the picture. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> Did have you not looked at the picture recently? <laughs> I taught you how to sit down in a chair in a cool way. What else do you need? <laughs> I mean, that is a basically like that's that's it. You have just nailed that. That's his worldview of himself, right? He's like, no, I, I nailed it. Whatever. I didn't, you know, I didn't leave you out in the forest by yourself. I occasionally cooked you some shitty eggs, you know. <laughs> I taught you how to cook omelets. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just so. Well, it sounded like Riker might have taught himself because they were terrible <laughs> eggs. <laughs> It's um, it, he's just so supremely unlikable that it's just, 
I, I don't know who to root for. I don't know what to yeah. to, to do. You know, with this, it's and, another weird one of of. And again, it, it it seems like they're painting with the same strokes they're using on Plasky that they don't know how to make a character likable, um, or they're or they're trying to make this character unlikable. I, I think that is something that we would have to consider here. Um, would that, would this that, would this surprise you that this is likely another situation where uh, this is a script? And an episode that was, he was heavily supposed to be in it. no, uh, but it was heavily meddled with by Gene Roddenberry. Uh, oh, okay. The I was say that other guy, but no. the The director of this early. episode is named Robert Iscove, um, and he accepted this assignment because he was a fan of the original series. Um, he never directed another episode of Star yeah, Trek: The Next name Generation does again. Not sound familiar? Wow. And. Um, he basically says the entire reason why he turned his back on the entirety of the series was that um, he was not allowed to do the stuff between Riker and his dad that he wanted to because Roddenberry kept demanding rewrites because in the 24th century, we've resolved feelings of anger. And so basically Mm. the only thing that got through was some really watered down generic stuff. So why did they have a counselor? Exactly. I mean, why do you need it? <laughs> like, is she just there to wear cool outfits? I mean, like, why is she there? These are all fantastic questions. I mean, that's pretty, I mean, there's a lot of sexism in this episode already, but there's a lot of racism in this episode, too. But, yeah, man. Yep. And a lot of spanking. <laughs> <laughs> just watch Wesley's face when he's got that pain stick. He loves it. He loves every second. All right, I'll leave it at that. Delightful. <laughs> Delightful. Uh, um, so I think this whole episode just comes off as a little weird because I think what it was supposed to be was some real, you know, hashing stuff out, right? Like I think I, I think the central core of the idea of, of Riker being abandoned um, is a good one. And I think there could have been something there. But every conversation they have just feels really like repetitive and strange. Instead well, cause they never resolve anything, right? There's right. nothing resolved at the end. And not, yeah, not really. Um, because you're right. They have that same conversation at the end that they had at the beginning and nothing changes and n- neither of them really learns anything from it. Yeah. Um, and then they, so, so I think, I think it's fair to say that, that the Riker getting a new command is an a plot. Riker's dad is a B plot. You could argue if one is A or B, and then Worf is the C plot, and and they're probably all equal um, in terms of the weight of them. But th- they don't really resolve anything except the Worf one, right? Because Riker yeah. is Riker is saying like, at all signs point to yes, I'm going to take this, and then he plays Ambo Jitsu, and then comes onto the bridge and is like, yeah, I decided to stay. Yeah, <laughs> and and doesn't tell you why. And then everyone's like, any... okay. <laughs> yeah, they're like, cool. I guess that works. Let's fly off now. <laughs> I so guess your dad's I, gone. I, I have a question about this. Yes. About the title of the episode. Yeah. Uh, how is he Icarus? <laughs> Which one of them is Icarus? That's a, that's uh, a good okay. question. Uh, well, neither, <laughs> really. <laughs> but I mean, like, oh, that's a cool name for an episode. Wait a minute. Like, doesn't really fit anybody, literally, like, at all? <laughs> yeah. It's another, to me, that's another indication that maybe the heart of the episode was probably rewritten so much that it was rewritten yeah. out, would be my guess. 
So you're saying Roddenberry has daddy issues, it sounds like, to me. At this point, Roddenberry has so many issues that that it's hard to keep track because um, I believe it's the end of season three where he passes away. Um, He's not well at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's also drinking a lot. Um, And so, I mean, I, I think... There, a lot of what's going on here with the turmoil of the show is Roddenberry and the crew that that he's assembled in the writing room, like really just kind of coming to blows with each other about the direction of of individual narratives and uh, all of these demands that that Roddenberry has put out there that says, you know, well these are perfect people, and and the writers then saying, well if they're perfect, there's no drama, and and. So, yeah, that's boring. Like, why does he really think that? Like, is that like a he's on record like repeatedly saying this is a space utopia? Yeah, well, because if there's no character development, like, well, it's like, yeah, nothing's interesting. The, the TLDR version, because we've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, but the the Cliff Notes mm-hmm. version of this is essentially after the original series, um, the whole convention circuit kind of sprung up, and the fan base became really, really vocal and really, really supportive. And so Gene Roddenberry, to support himself, just kind of went around and gave talks to people and, and like, sort of got the George Lucas effect, right, where he just really started to believe his own PR. Like, I guess if people tell you you're a visionary and you're a genius enough, you're like, you know what, I'm a visionary and a genius. Um, And so he starts adopting this weird, like, humanist, like, future utopian philosophy that is kind of in the original series but takes it to sort of the nth degree uh in the next generation and so well but that's that backdrop is part of the charm of star trek right like the progressive future where we figured out a lot of the dumb shit that oh yeah yeah humanity's like i i love that part but you can't it's not a sitcom like your characters can't be static throughout there's always going to be there's always going to be problems Right. Yeah, it, and you can't much... just have Data being the only one changing. Yeah, like that's boring too. I mean, he's a the most interesting character on this show, obviously, but everybody has to go through stuff, and they do. Yeah. So it just seems it doesn't seem to fit like what he's what he's describing really. Well, well it's very much you you talked about Lucas. It's very much the having Greedo shoot first idea right. of like Hans. Hans a good guy. He's not going to. It's like well, yeah, Hans a good guy, but he's Hans also a dirtbag. He's got a lot of. He's a self-described dirtbag. Yeah, he, he's a protagonist. <laughs> like, but he yeah. doesn't have to be good to be a protagonist. He's interesting because he's he's gray morally. Yep. Well, and, right. and, and like, that's why he's interesting. It misses the entire point of the arc, right? Is that for him to yeah. be a really yeah. good guy, and for him to start out as a, a pretty bad guy, like, is more yeah. interesting. There's more. Yeah, room to come there. back and do the right thing at the end is only interesting if you're like, well, he's definitely gone because he's not getting paid now. Right. Welcome, listeners, like, to our Star Wars podcast <laughs> that we just started and mission accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. It's hey, man, if you guys want to do like a Clone Wars or Rebels podcast. I'd be down I mean, it's called the Hi-Fi Sci-Fi yeah. Podcast, right? So I mean, it could be anything. It could be anything. <laughs> but I mean, listeners th- fill the mailbag with demands for that, and Jason will make it. That's right. It's um so, but I think you're right that it is to both examples. I think it's it's creators taking their own rules too seriously and being too rigid and too inflexible. I think is is what's going on with it, and it just makes generic, boring storytelling. Um, you know, the, the I, well, yeah, go ahead, Paul. No, go, go ahead, go ahead. Um, oh, well, I was gonna, well, 
You, <laughs> Which one Paul, of us? Me? go. Well, I, I was going to say, from a, um, from a, it's, it's interesting. When I finished this episode, or when I got maybe about 40, maybe 35 minutes into this episode, my thought was kind of, man, this episode is going on forever. It feels like a super long episode, maybe because yeah. of these ABC plots. Um, but it's really interesting because we we're going to talk about more things, clearly. But I think we have exhausted the plot of this episode. And right now, I mean, we've been talking about lots of things for about 35 minutes. And that's less than the episode, right? Yeah. There's, there's not much here. It's pretty, it's pretty bare. Well, and I don't. I think you know you've you've hit upon a, a, a subject that's near and dear to my heart. I don't have too much else to talk about, and I don't think there is too much else here because, you know, the wharf stuff good, the Riker's dad stuff bad. He ultimately doesn't leave the ship, so you know. I mean, it's it's just kind of uh, you walk away from an episode like this going, "What was the point of that exactly?" Um, well, let me ask well, you Well, the whole this. point is gladiators ready. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But did you guys re- remember this in your mind as being better than it was? Because I totally did. No, no. I always remembered not liking this episode. <laughs> but th- <laughs> this mean... one feels like the one with the comedian to me, where it's like, oh, I remember liking this, but it was because I liked that stupid outfit they wear, right? Like, that's uh, the image I have of the episode. Yep. So, yep. Jason, I'm looking at our, our document from the beginning, and I said skip, and you said watch, just to put it on the table. I'm not sure where we're at now, but... Um, I, I said watch? You said watch. I did? Well, that's, well I mean... The title's cool, right? <laughs> I guess because I remembered it being like with his dad, and like that seemed important, but it's not yeah. important at all. Uh, I'll tell you what is important. Um, John Tesh uh, is in this episode. <laughs> Wait, I'm listening. So he was the guy playing the piano. Yeah, forward. If you hear the NBA on NBC theme faintly in the background, it's just John Tesh wailing on a piano. No, um, John Tesh was apparently uh, at the time co-hosting Entertainment Tonight. Uh, he was also a devoted Star Trek fan, and so he appears huh. in a cameo role in heavy makeup as one of the Klingons in Worf's Painstick. I just ritual. googled it. Yeah. Wow, everyone. Stop what you're doing and just Google image search John Tesh TNG and you're gonna get a side by side. Wow! So Can you tell? for the uh, for the extra nerdy nerds in the uh, in the listenership, uh, the Star Trek CCG, the Star Trek customizable card game, uh, they paid an homage to him and they have a picture of him in the makeup and the the name that they give his character is Katesh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good name. <laughs> wow. Oh man, there's got is there expanded universe <laughs> with Katesh? <laughs> there's got to be. I would be. read I would read that in a cold minute. <laughs> in a cold minute. Um cold who minute. says that by? That's not a real saying. I don't think Nobody's it is. ever said no. that. No, so it's an interesting uh it's an interesting question here and I had this question back. Oh boy. It, uh, this might have been season 1 when they were fencing. I cannot remember what episode that was. Um of why they were fencing on a fencing deck. And while while they had a holodeck, and uh, Kyle Riker says like, "Too bad there's not an Ambu Jitsu court on this ship." And Riker's like, "There's one just down the hallway," <laughs> and <laughs> they're like, "Let's walk to it." And at the same time, like they've spent a whole bunch of time creating this holographic program for Worf. And the 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 question, the elephant in the room, that they never talk about is why do you have a Ambu Jitsu ring? when you could just simulate that on the holodeck. 
Wait, right? is it not in the holodeck? No, it's they specifically in the say we have... Riker says we have one of those here. Listen, I have the schematic of this <laughs> Enterprise. I don't remember seeing an Ambu Jitsu deck in it. It's right next they to the... They were going down the hall to the... <clears throat> it's right next to the 18-hole golf course. <laughs> That's it's next to the Arboretum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they definitely have a Parisi Squares... Uh, pitch? I don't know what that game is. Oh yeah, it's, it's in ten backwards. I just looked it up. That's <laughs> but um bum. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, right, you, need, you need that wah wah. <laughs> so two other things I want to point out, just because I like random trivia about episodes. Uh, two of the Klingons in the holodeck ritual had to wear old gorilla boots from Planet of the Apes. Um, mm-hmm. This was because Wait, all of the other Klingon costumes that were on the Paramount lot were being used for the shooting of Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, this episode... Good use of costumes or bad use of costumes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who wore it better? Um, this episode also marks the first time that we ever get to see what Counselor Troy's office looks like. Um, hmm. Oh, that was her office? I, oh, yeah, I guess I didn't realize yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was like the medical bay or something. Well, maybe she's next to it. No, there's, um, there's the scene where later when uh, Riker is definitely for sure certain that he's absolutely going to take the job, he comes to her office to say goodbye. Yep, yep. You want to know how I know he didn't wasn't going to take the job? How? I mean, besides that, I've seen the whole episode. Right. Uh, <laughs> <Besides> <laughs> uh, that, he would have he w- he called her Imzadi if he was really leaving. Just saying, um, would have been a callback. Like before, when what do you have called her? What do you have called her? Boo or Bay or something? I mean, uh, that's that's the, I think that's the, the space version of that. Right? Imzadi. Yeah. No, that's just a natural evolution of Bay. It just turns into <laughs> Imzade. Like it's the same. It's the same thing. Oh yeah. There's like hundreds of years between those. Like we say stuff weird. I challenge like, you I, both to use that on your significant others. <laughs> Imzad Bay. Uh, you. Sir, <laughs> you think I haven't done that? <laughs> see, what, see what kind of response you get. Imzad Bay. Uh, <laughs> yep, that's the awkward middle term between the full transition. Yeah, absolutely. I can promise you, next time I get in an argument with my spouse, <laughs> I'm gonna say it's it's time to have a talk. So lower your shields. <laughs> <laughs> And you can ask. <laughs> Paul at least knows my knows my wife. Yep. She will say, and then I divorced him. <laughs> Aside from two other nitpicks that I've we've already pointed out, the only other nitpick that I have with this episode is: um, Can anybody tell me what the f is actually wrong with the engines or engineering or why they're getting it checked out or what? Is it, is it a uh, there was there was ac- there was nothing wrong, right? Well, yeah, it but it like just... one of the dials was like offset or something, and Data yeah. was like, "Should we just fix it?" And they're like, mm, "Let's do a whole system overhaul." I hate when the dials get messed set on yeah. the dilithium crystals. It just, you know, just it's a real drag. <sighs> I mean, I'm I'm at the point where I'm ready to render a verdict on this. Anybody else got anything? Because I, uh... Uh, I mean, you missed the best line of the episode, I think. Ooh, okay, from Data. Okay. Remember when he was talking to Jordy about the people coming in? And Jordy seemed, uh, he was taking it all right because it was at the beginning of the episode before he was not all right with it. And he said, if I were not a consummate professional and an android, <laughs> I'd be upset about this. And it was like the most self-aware thing I think Data's like said on the show today. <laughs> I and forgot about that. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a really good line. <laughs> it's like, yeah, all right. Data's, <laughs> how come Data's the only one that sees that you should be upset about this? Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, that is. I put a star next to it in my notes. That is. So that that's is how you know it's good. Pretty legit. Yeah. Paul, you got anything else? Otherwise, we're going to. I was looking for things that have stars next to mine, but no. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. I mean. No stars. I, I took a lot of notes, and it really does boil down to everything you said, right? They just do the same thing over and over again. Yep. Yep. It's like a one-act play that we see four times. You know, like it's just like that. It's that scene over and over again. So, what say I do have you? A note that, oh. I do have a note that that says, "Thanks, Pulaski, for being a human-centric racist." But I can't remember why I wrote it down. I mean, just, literally I mean, anything can, she you says. You can just kind of say that. <laughs> you can just always say that. Yeah. <laughs> I think she said something about Klingons that was pretty decidedly racist. Oh yeah, totally. Probably about their barbarism or something. Yeah, something that's right. Like. She says something about barbarism. That's right. 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 Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Meanwhile, she was trying to. Tell Data he wasn't a real boy. And well, frankly, Data says something that is, that is vaguely... He says something about like genetic predisposition to hostility early on that has a real heavy mm. feel of like 80s casual racism. Well, there, there's um, a lot of like eugenics that yeah, were a little like, more popular, I want to say. Or just like more misunderstood, maybe, back in the 80s. And uh, as a biologist, that makes me uh, cringe a little. Yeah, just the wording, <laughs> genetic predisposition to something like yeah that all klingons are bad i mean those sound like exciting future space words yeah exactly now it's like oh everybody that's in the that's in the parlance everybody knows what that means and it's bad like it's like all all x or y that unless you're talking about like cancer in a family uh, don't say it (laughs) yeah just don't say it (laughs) yep so uh other jason jason non-prime what say you is this a uh is this going in the vital watch list for first time uh viewers or is this an episode that's best Left for true fans, diehards, and people who can stomach a bunch of meh. Um, I mean, it's got a classic scene of them wearing those stupid space it, jitsu pads. It does. Like, I, I, I mean, I guess you could just look at that image and then go, all right, I'm good. <laughs> but <Nope>. uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, okay, like, say Worf is your favorite character on the show at this point in the, in the series, which is probably unlikely, but let's say it is. Like, he'd probably want to watch this episode, right? It's some good Worf Because that's here. an interesting some thing. Some good Worf yeah. stuff here. Even though it, sh- it should have absolutely been the whole episode. Yeah. Um, as someone who really likes Worf, uh, I would definitely say, like, yeah, you know, watch it for that. Um, but it's a bad episode. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, can can I can I give you a shrug emoji? Is nope. that an option? Nope. No. You got a thumbs up or thumbs down? It's it's. Uh... I have a broken thumb currently. Does that play into this at all? No. Pretend it's, it's your thumb. real thumb <laughs> that's fixed. I mean, and I, I guess I technically have two thumbs, so I could also just use, use your one. Who's got, got thumb. two thumbs and has to make a decision? <laughs> it's not well. Literally, you're not taunting me, him. But... <laughs> okay, we're, we're okay. Uh, just to clarify, are you guys actually split on this episode? That is a uh, good question. Or, or, no, does I what I say not matter too. at all? I was kind of wondering that too, and I that do will not influence my have decision. an answer. I. I have no read of what Burns is going to say. Yeah, and he's such I, a maverick, what wild card. Yep, yep. So you you got to choose. Such an you got to choose. I I'm going to go the way I'm going to go, uh, Kyle Riker style, man. I'm just going to maverick this. Um. Okay. I'll, I'll give you the. I'll say don't watch it because Kyle Riker did not do the Riker maneuver. That's my only reason. <laughs> that that was the deciding. If he had sat in a chair in a cool way. 
you gotta see it. I like if you saw another Riker, a tall Riker, just like boss that chair. That's not a verb, but I use it that way. And uh, you should, I, I I would say watch it if that happened, but it didn't happen, so don't watch it. Terrible episode. Fair, Paul. What say you? All right, I, I've thought about this one a lot because uh-huh. um, this is a weird episode, and it's not a great episode. Um, and I think, and I'm probably going to catch some flack for this, but I think I'm going to say watch on this one. Oh, damn um, it, Paul. I would have said watch if I knew. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, you had your choice. Um, and Sophie's choice. the reason, uh, so the reasoning, this is not a good episode, and characters do dumb things, and it's not strong, but I think the reason that this is watch, and, and part of it is the Worf stuff, because the Worf stuff is done well, and it does. It gives a good picture of how Worf is integrated into this crew, um, a crew that does not have other Klingons. Um, and even though they have some lines that are, you know, again, vaguely racist towards Klingons, um, it, it does paint a good picture, and at least certainly a good 80s picture. Um, but the real reason I think this one is a watch, even though so much of it is done so poorly, is that it, it paints a good picture for Riker that, that frankly, his dad is a jerk. That, that not all of these characters, basically exactly what Roddenberry was trying to stop here, that not all of these characters have perfect lives. Not all of these characters came from nuclear families or families that had um, a, a mother and a father um, or, or siblings that they got along with. We'll see that in later episodes with a lot of cast. Um, and that, that a family that is not this perfect nuclear family can still be a family that produces a character like Riker that, that has some flaws that we've seen bad things from, but that is a likable character and that we could relate to. Um, and then it's okay if your family is not one of these families that is the, the I'm making air quotes, the normal sort of family, because that's not a thing. Um, that, that whatever it is that is in your background is in your background. And Riker's background is kind of dumb. And his dad is kind of a jerk. And that, that explains some of the things that Riker is. And I think that's why this one is watchable, even though it's kind of dumb in a lot of parts. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Uh, I like it. I'm just gonna copy and paste. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was actually, my thumb. If if you are visualizing, and I'm sorry to rub this in, other Jason, because of your broken thumb. But it was down. <laughs> my my thumb was down. Did he talk you? And it just it it rotated 180 degrees, and it is now up. Uh, You're fonzieing this episode. And his heart to, grew three sizes that day. My heart grew three sizes that day. It's. Uh, because I already had a soft spot in it for the Worf stuff, because I like Worf a lot, um, and, and I think Worf didn't have much early on, and this is, now you're starting to see, like, where they're gonna go with Worf's character, and giving him dimension and depth, but, but I didn't even think about the Riker stuff that much until you talked about it in that light, and you're right, it not only... Yeah, I, yeah, basically everything you said, but also I really like the idea that Riker's kind of a dick, but now we sort of know why. Yeah, um, right? Yeah, that, yeah, wow, yeah, okay, I have to say yes. Can I change mine? Can I change mine to yes? <laughs> I like I, I like it. I just thought you guys were going to say no, and I wanted to be with the cool kids and agree with you, because we always disagree, and you stab me in the back when you act like you like an episode. Like oh, man, yeah, this is... This is that episode all over again. Listen, uh, listen, you can, the rug you can change your vote, but we... <laughs> Fool me once. Shame, shame on you. <laughs> you can change... Fool me twice. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
won't get fooled again. So, so good news, <laughs> you can change your vote. Bad news, yes. John Tesh is coming to your house with a paint stick. <laughs> That's uh, the penance. Listen, as long as Mr. Crusher comes with him. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode. And he's <laughs> <laughs> Jason Navarro, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was great. Um, thank you for letting me change my vote because my f- foolish ways of, you know. <laughs> I think we're going to blame fine. it on your broken thumb, right? You tried to give the thumbs up and then you couldn't. That, yep. Yeah, gravity hurt when I put it up, so I put it down because it felt slightly better. I had to do some more reps. Yeah. Yep. Uh, strengthening yeah, that, exercises. That, that's it. Yep. That's how it worked. So until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And uh, Katsunichu, it's illegal. It's illegal. We <laughs> didn't even talk about that. I mean, he's such a jerk. <laughs> we'll see you next time. It's not time to make a change. Just sit down. Take it slowly. You're still young. That's your fault. There's so much you have to go through. Find a girl. Settle down. If you want, you can marry look at me i am old but i'm happy all the times that i've cried keeping all the things i knew inside it's hard but it's harder to ignore it if they were Also, was that illegal? All I did was hit him with the stick. That's like the whole thing. <laughs> How was that illegal? Hey, American Gladiator. I watched it several times trying to figure it out. It's like, oh, he hit him with the with the stick. You can't hit him in That's the leg. That's what you do. Sweep the leg. It's not Karate Kid. You're allowed to sweep the leg. He's got the stick. You can. They jumped over it several times. Yeah, but he jumped over it. If he didn't jump, then it's illegal. That, Paul. No. <laughs>